He has his say. You can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. And welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It's 809 Watchdog Morning Show, our number deuce on our, and now it's going to be hard for me to remember this Tuesday edition of the show. Mr. Slider tried to remind me of it earlier, and I was like ignoring him. It's because today feels like Monday, but it's not. Today is uh, Tuesday. We had a short break. And tomorrow is my last. So this is my first day of the week. It's a Tuesday uh, here. And tomorrow is my last day because then I uh, get into an airplane and fly out to Oklahoma City and begin heading west towards Santa Monica as we travel Route 66, part due. Looking forward to that. I bet you are. Uh, 809 is the morning show here. We're looking at 68 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 67 at the Highland, 66 in my backyard. What do you have here, pal? It is uh, still 66. Still 66. 66 degrees here at the Robinson Otter Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Pit dripper today. Sunshine, high humidity, hot temperatures will be close to 90 today. Pretty much for the same tomorrow. Well, some rain begins to come in Wednesday night and sticks with us on Thursday. Could even be a shower or thunderstorm Thursday, Friday. Uh, the weekend will turn out to be actually very pleasant. Uh, sunshine and temperatures in the 70s. So that's, uh, that is uh, pretty good we got a lot of things to get into in this hour of the show. Brad McElhinney coming in in a bit from Metro News. There is finally a Democrat in the race for governor in West Virginia. Huntington's Mayor Steve Williams, who's been talking about this, is now officially, well, hasn't made it official, but he officially announced that he's going to make it official. Does that make sense? He officially announced he's going to make it official. He did it at the one of the, you know where he did it at yesterday? Racine. Ah, did he go berserk? I, was, I couldn't help but think, oh, my God, it's going to be another rant at They're racing. They're following me everywhere. <laughs> They're following me. They're following me. Uh, so we'll talk about that with uh, Brad McElhinney, plus the new West Virginia poll that came out Friday after we were off the air, taking a look at the Republican uh, candidates for governor and for the U.S. Senate race. We'll talk about that. Next hour, uh, Nick Evans from the Ohio Capitol Journal comes in. There is a move afoot by some Republican lawmakers in the Buckeye State to put chaplains in public schools. So that's coming up in a bit. And in a minute or two, our national correspondent Tom Scateri and I review the latest political and international news. Bob, I've got here at 8.11 in the morning on the Watchdog Morning Show, I've got good news and bad news for you. For me personally? Well, for all of us who like certain classic TV shows. Okay, hit me. Chiller Theater is coming back. Yeah. That's the good news. Okay. WPXI Channel 11 in Pittsburgh is going to have a brand new edition of Chiller Theater. It'll be on Saturday nights. You'll be able to, uh, well, here's the bad news. They didn't tell Chili Billy. Well, no, they didn't. <laughs> although Chili Billy's daughter is going to be there the first night to kind of reflect on Chili Billy's. Is he dead? He's dead, yes. He died a couple years ago. Really? Yeah. Okay, I did not know that. Uh, yes, he did. I but really thought he was still alive. He's going to be, uh, she's going to be there to talk about uh, Chili Billy's. Um, Bill Cardill. Legacy. Yeah, Chili Billy Cardilly. Uh, who, <laughs> think of all the things he did. He was a he was a weatherman, but he was wrestling announcer. Yes. Uh, Chili Billy Theater. And uh, what else? There's something else he did. Another one of those local shows up there. I can't remember. Anyways, a big, big, uh, big guy in Pittsburgh. So the good was news he, was he a music DJ also? Was oh he he was. And in fact, that's that's how I knew he passed away because he was by the end, he was an afternoon disc jockey on the oldies, not not oldies, but like the music of your life, Frank Sinatra type station, up in Pittsburgh. Ah, okay. Uh, I did that, not know that. Yeah, he and uh, Jack Bogut, and some of them, they were there. So. So the good news is, the good news is, beginning this Saturday, 
A new edition of Chiller Theater will be on WPXI. Uh, it'll be hosted once again by their meteorologist. Uh, Chili Billy's no longer there, but Scott Harbour is the uh, meteorologist at WPXI-TV out of Pittsburgh. He's going to host the new Chiller Theater, debuting Saturday. Um, again, now he says it's not going to be an exact carbon copy, carbon copy of the old Chili Billy show, but it will be very similar. It will be old, classic, you know, weird TV, weird horror monster type movies, just like Chili Billy did. So it'd be very similar to the, the old Chiller Theater. Now, here, I said the good news is, so it's a good news, bad news story. The good news is Chiller Theater is coming back, and if you are like I am, and I think Bob is uh, an old fan of Chiller Theater, this is great news. The problem is we probably won't be able to see it here in the local area. It's not going to be on because of Channel 11 and their offshoots, uh, they call it WPXI Now, which is a, one of the offshoots stations, and also um, PCNC pittsburgh channel now something like that none of those things uh none of those are actually available on the local cable channel so the good news is chiller theater's coming back to pittsburgh bad news is we won't be able to watch it down here yeah and again if we'd had music today we'd had uh, margaritaville and i'd have came back with that howard i, I did not know that chiller you know theater? what i was never a you were really you were a big chili billy fan well by that time of the night i was the only one up and i didn't want to watch those movies by myself howard oh. you know i was afraid they do have, uh, for those who want to get a sample, uh, the, the new Chiller Theater has a YouTube channel. You won't be able to watch the Chiller Theater, the whole thing, the intros and the outros and stuff. But the movies themselves, the old classic movies that are going to be shown on the new Chiller Theater will be available. They are right now available on YouTube uh, under the Chiller Theater, subscri not subscription, but Chiller, Th Chiller Theater channel. Uh, I didn't watch any, but I went and looked at them last night. I don't recognize any of the movies, none of the classic ones, but they're really old. and They're the typical Chiller Theater type stuff you would expect. So uh, Chiller Theater is coming back this Saturday, uh, WPXI-TV in Pittsburgh. Bad news is, at least as far as I know, we can't, we can't watch it. I don't know if they have a streaming app or if you can get an app or something, stream it somewhere. I complained about that a while ago. You know, I, I grew up with those Pittsburgh stations. I cannot, I, I can't watch any of them now. Yep. They're no, gone. Can, yeah, they're they're not, gone. Not, not for us. Not for you. 60 miles away, and I can't, I can't, get, I can't pick no it up. No Chili Billy for you. No Chili Theater for you. Uh, this guy's named Scott Harbour. He's not going to be Chili Billy. What's he going to be? Uh, Scary Scott? I don't know. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll tr I guess the best I can do is try and keep track of the information and pass it along to you every Monday about what we missed on Chiller Theater. 816 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Time to talk to Tom Scateri. He's coming up next. National correspondent, international news as well. Straight ahead. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Ready, set, go get your Toyota today. Check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or come in and test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room, so you can be ready for any adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. 
Hurry. Offers end April 4th. Toyota. Let's go places. Friday nights are for football. The lights, the fans, the band are all set for a memorable return this fall. And the Watchdog has you covered. WKKX and WVLY are your home for the best matchups in the Ohio Valley. Friday night lights are back. And we're ready. High school football's radio home is the Watchdog. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant with Bob Slider behind the board. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. It is 818 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Lots of territory to cover with Tom Scateri, our national correspondent. Tom, good morning, sir. Yeah, good morning, and good morning to you. And I caught the end of the conversation. Uh, I'm I'm surprised that you guys don't get the Pittsburgh stations in, in Ringling. I'm no, no. Somewhere along the way, they stopped letting, wow. you know. And I never know who, you know, That's that has all to do with the cable must-carry rules and I so see. on. And I, I don't know if it's the local NBC affiliate says you can't carry an out-of-town NBC. I, 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 don't uh-huh. know if, I don't know if it's contractual, if Comcast has to I, all I know is we ain't getting it. That's all I know. Well, what do you do about the Steeler games and stuff like that and the Pirate games? Can you, can you see those? We pick up an NBC affiliate out of Steubenville, uh, so that, that okay. works on, on, on you know what, what we usually watch on Channel 11. We now watch on, on Channel 9. But just like uh, Bob Papiani does a, a, a Sunday show, I, I don't get that anymore. Yeah. You know, I, and I miss yeah. that. Tom, I get three hundred and some channels, and, and they I, I can't watch I, Pittsburgh. You can't watch Pittsburgh. <laughs> right. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And now I can't. I don't care about Bob Papiani, but now I won't be able to watch the new Chiller Theater, and I'm a Chiller Theater fan. I won't be able to watch the. Yeah, Chili Bill, I'm with Bobo. I, I was the only one up watching it, and I would get creeped out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Tom, I want to talk about a couple of stories here at home, and not necessarily on your list, yep. but let's talk about them here real quick. Yeah. The Mitch McConnell freezing up is still yeah. of great concern to me. The Capitol doctor said everything is okay. His staff says things are fine. He's called around to his uh, colleagues and said, I'm okay. But, you know, I watched both of those freeze-ups that McConnell had. I, that there's that that's spooky to me yeah it is spooky and a couple couple thoughts on on mcconnell um the second one was more troublesome because it means it happened again you right. know as opposed to a, a one-off and not dismissing a one-off but you know they there was some talk about the concussion he had may have had an impact you know my experience with uh capital doctors and white house doctors and stuff like that is I don't recall them ever having a bad diagnosis for anyone. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I mean, uh, sincerely, I don't try to say there's something wrong with Senator McConnell. I'm just saying, yeah, just history. So I, I take those guys at face value, and that's about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but, you know, McConnell's um, um, is a concern among Republicans for a couple of reasons. One is obviously for his health, and he's well regarded by many Republicans. Uh, it's White House is concerned as well because, you know, McConnell is a Republican balancing act to, right. to the House, which is which you know is run by McCarthy and uh, different type of Republicans there, and also to, to Schumer and to lesser extent the Democrats who who know McConnell. Whether you think whatever you think of him, he's the guy you know and who's worked with with him or against him for decades now. It's also a point to me, Howard, a, a real factor <laughs> of, of aging senators in particular, you know, who don't want to retire. Not suggesting he should retire, but you know, Diane Feinstein of California is really in feeble shape, and 
the Republicans have made it difficult for the Republic, for the Democrats to let her retire and name a successor. They won't let that successor then take committee seats. So, you know, there's all sorts of stuff going on with these elderly members of the Senate. You know, uh, Nikki Haley, uh, who's been trying to <clears throat> search around finding her little niche as a Republican uh, presidential candidate uh, this past week, called the U.S. Senate, quote, the most privileged nursing home in the country. Which may be a bit of overkill, but it really kind of, in some ways, it sort of nails things a little bit. Well, I think it's a little bit overkill, but it's to the point in that uh, a lot of senators uh, <laughs> lack their abilities, shall we say. I mean, I, that's happened. I came to Washington in 79. I apologize for my cough here. <laughs> I, came to, I came to D.C. in 79, and you started seeing some older senators just kind of shuffling around and uh, well, was one of those yeah, ones? You know, was one of those ones you saw shuffling around Robert C. Byrd? Because here in the state, we still honored him all to the end. But sometimes I wonder if he didn't stick around too long. Well, I think he. I think they all almost all stick around too long. To be honest with you, I, I mean, most of them don't retire until they're in their eighties or late seventies or something happens and that forces them to retire. I mean, Jennings Randolph was one of the few who I thought as you know was right right to the very end. You know. Yeah, he didn't. Like I mean, he, I didn't see him. Uh, no, I don't, right. no, staggering around or whatever phrase you want to no, use. No, he was pretty. He, you know, he retired, and I used to see him around. And um, the only noticeable difference he, he wore his eyeglasses more than in the past. You know, that was it. Um, but well, I, Jay Rockefeller had a little something to do with that too. He had to kind of like get out of his way, didn't he? Well, yeah, that's probably true. But the point being that you know he he was all, he had it all together when he was in the Senate. Yeah, un, <laughs> un, unlike Senator Byrd, whom again most people in the state revere. But um, by the end, he was – it was hard to watch him sometimes, let's put it that way. Yeah. And, and again, I'm, and this is – obviously, we're, this is a nonpartisan issue. Uh, I think McC something needs to be done about or with or to McConnell. I'm not saying resign. Maybe, uh, I, I don't know, take a leave of absence, get some medical checks. Something is wrong. I don't care what the Capitol doctor said. Something is wrong. I watched those freeze-ups. They're not normal. I don't know what they are. I don't know if they're strokes or if they're, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I know yeah, it's, it's yeah. not normal. And then, of course, Diane Feinstein, again, Democrat, but, geez, I mean, she's just, you watch a couple. You know, she's you, you have a state of California, and, um, I realize a lot of people announced for her seat, and you know, if you're Gavin Newsom, the governor, you, you do not want to appoint someone to that seat and give him an advantage. But there's been places, times before in, in history, where you know a senator has to be replaced in, during a term, and the person selected has said, "Well, I'm not going to seek the term." You know, now they're, they're, they're essentially a placeholder. But you, 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 there's a lot of Democrats who would like to be a senator for two years. Tom, let's uh, talk. Well, is there anything we need to talk about with Donald Trump? I mean, I guess it's it's just an ongoing no. saga right now, waiting for things to, you know, uh, legal things uh, to happen. I, I think the other thing we should talk about, Howard, is the fact that you know McCarthy has has a, a storm on his hands as well. Yeah, uh, this whole impeachment stuff is brewing, and he doesn't quite. One day he says yes, one day he says no. That's a problem for him. We're facing a, a shutdown at the end of this month with no path. That I see it the, this week anyway. You know, these things do get resolved, it seems. But uh, he has McCarthy. You know, we talk about McConnell in the Senate. At least McConnell in the Senate uh, has a, a, a sort of lieutenants and deputies he can rely on to help keep the troops in line. He, he, McConnell has some. Control. McConnell has some control over yeah. his over his right. uh, troops. Right. Yeah. I mean, Tuberville is the, the outlier in regards to promotions. But otherwise, you know, the Republicans are pretty well united in the Senate. McCarthy doesn't have that luxury in the House. 
So we are looking at a potential government shutdown by the end of the month. And um, once again, McCarthy's conservative base is just, uh, I mean, several of them have said, that's right, shut it down. We don't care. Oh, it's beyond just saying it, Howard. I've been seeing, you know, posts and emails because I'm online with, not online, but I subscribe, I guess, to a lot of sites all over the political spectrum. And I'm seeing an increase over the weekend. Let's shut it. Let's just shut it down. Uh, so I, I, I no idea what that means. These people have no idea what that means. No, that's right. No, that's true. It, it, it's the old. Let's see how the public likes. Let's see if they realize how much they don't need the government anymore. Well, the reverse is going to be true. You will discover how much the people do rely on the government for significant, you know, like things like the Social Security checks and other sorts of things. Um, so it's uh, air traffic controllers. Yes, you know. So the government has an important role to play. I get that there is a lot of uh, there are a lot of folks who think that that, that uh, the government overreaches and yeah. is too big. But you try you shut it down, and there will be there will be a. Uh, uh, I think a public backlash, and then the question always becomes, who do they hold accountable? You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, remember when Clinton was in office, and they they did that, and Clinton benefited by it. Yes, he did, uh, because the public saw that it was really a recalcitrant Republican Congress that was was holding back, and uh, and not willing to work on any kind of, of a compromise. So, but this is getting a scary time now. Now we have an agreement in principle. I mean, the White House and uh, McCarthy have yeah. an agreement in principle on how to reach. You know, to avoid the shutdown, how to reach a budget. Uh, but now you have many of the conservatives, of, again, of McCarthy's own team, uh, saying, well, we won't accept that. We don't take what you agreed to with the, with the president. And what does that say if you're the leader of the Republicans in the House that you, you can't deliver? Right. I, I sometimes wonder if McCarthy just wishes he had not won the <laughs> I mean, he, he is. What's the point of having power if you can't use it? If you are. If your hands are so tied by this group of conservative uh, rebels, if you will, uh, that you can't do anything without their permission, I don't know. What's the point of having the, the speakership? I, 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 I guess that's I'm a not... good question. You know, there's a there's a uh, uh, sort of a, a a saying on in Washington. And every morning, a hundred senators wake up, look at the mirror, and say, "Why can't I be president?" Yes, and I think it's the idea of being getting the office as much as implementing being in the office you know what mccarthy went through to become speaker that was embarrassing it's humiliating but he, he manned up at the end and he just sort of was good about it all it's okay this is what took me to get me a speaker now i'm gonna be speaker he probably thought he could do it right uh, he doesn't realize that his own party members some of them are, are his biggest enemies in many regards exactly Tom, let's go overseas. There are a couple of stories that I think are pretty significant we ought to talk oh, about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they have to do with uh, Russia and the Ukraine in separate stories. It looks like Kim Jong-un is going to meet with Putin. Is that is that yeah. right? This is a big story, Howard. You're absolutely correct. Uh, over the weekend, what U.S. officials confirmed that Kim Jong-un, North Korea leader, plans to meet Putin later this month in Vladivostok at an economic forum. Uh, last talks in far eastern Russia, very close to North Korea. Yeah, and they have exchanged letters, according to the White House, Kim and Putin. And Putin needs ammunition for the war in Ukraine, artillery shells, missiles, just regular ammunition for rifles. Kim wants, you know, technology and food for his people. So uh, they both have something each other needs. And, and this is very troubling, of course, to the White House, because a closer alliance between these two is not good. And, of course, for the Ukrainians, this means another source for Russia of ammunition that it was running out of 
They had Iran already, and, and China has been somewhat reluctant to help Russia, so North Korea stands up. There aren't a lot of countries in the world that can supply Russia with this kind of stuff. So uh, then Kim may even travel to Moscow to meet, to meet again with Putin. Which is kind of interesting, because Kim very rarely leaves North Korea. He almost never leaves North Korea. You know, he did leave to meet Trump uh, in, in the same train he's going to take to Vladivostok. Of course, again, geographically, Vladivostok is just sort of right through China. It's pretty close. He's, it's not too far away. He, he doesn't like to leave because, in part, he's afraid he's going to get overthrown. Uh, so is there a date set for this? I guess not yet, right? Uh, no, well, yes, there is. Uh, September 10th to 13th is when the forum is scheduled. Oh, I That's see. Let me a week, yeah, oh, gotcha. week okay. from today, you know, so it's the next week. So, you know, we'll, we'll see if it happens. And I, it sounds like when the White House and others confirm, so the protocol confirm this, they must be pretty sure it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be very interesting. Now, let's uh, let's talk, stay with Putin for a minute. Yeah. I'm sorry. Pardon me. Let's not stay with Putin. For a minute. Let's talk about uh, uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky. He's shaken up yeah. his cabinet a bit. Yeah, he, uh, he announced over the weekend in a speech that he's going to replace the defense minister Reznikov. Uh, there was a lot of speculation about this in February when Zelensky cleaned out some of the lower defense ministry officials. There's a lot of corruption in Ukraine, and there's no pretending about that. Zelensky's done a good job of trying to root it out, but it's widespread and, and deep in some areas. He kept Reznikov at charge of the defense ministry because he has not been implicated in any of the corruption or, or, or bribery things. But uh, at some point, I think he wanted to replace him. So it looks like Reznikov is going to be the ambassador to the United Kingdom. And one of uh, Zelensky's uh, close associates, uh, Rustem Umarov, is going to become the new defense minister this week. So, uh, Reznikov was supposed to come to meet Austin on Thursday, Howard. And, of course, the next contact meeting of the Ukraine group is next week or two weeks in Germany. So, you know, when you change a defense minister in the middle of the war, well, you know, it's happened. You know, you got to do it. I guess you got to do it. But that's a it's a big, big, big shakeup. Yeah, I, it's it always I, I the backstory. I don't know enough of you're sharing some with me. But when I saw that, I thought, man, you know, getting rid of your defense minister right in the middle of a huge war like this yeah. is is certainly it's not in the it's not in the handbook. You know, it's not it's not yeah. exactly the best thing to do. We probably will get more of the backstory later on. You know, again, there's no indication that Reznikov is implicated or suspected of anything wrong, but I think that Zelensky more so wants to have somebody in there to clean up any remaining, uh, you know, issues of of corruption or whatever in there. And the war is essentially now set in a pace where you could make the change. It seems counterintuitive to us, but it might be a good time. It's plans in a way. Real quick, um, yeah. of course, um, Pergozin, the uh, man sort of behind the... He's dead. He, he, he's dead. He died in that plane. But another one of the, uh, what, the rebels, the revolutionaries, <laughs> apparently uh, disappeared but may not, may not be dead, right? Right. This is the general who was, you know, a real general in the, in the uh, Russian military who was uh, supportive of the Wagner group and was his name is uh, Sergey Sirovikin. You're really testing me this morning. <laughs> he disappeared from public view after that little mutiny in June, and there was a couple photographs of him surfaced yesterday in some independent news organizations, and they claim he's now at home with his family. There was a picture of him walking with his wife. So he he didn't have what they call in Russia window cancer, where people mysteriously fall out of windows and die. <laughs> I like the window cancer. He's probably been uh, disciplined. You know, last week at the Pentagon, there was a 
totally off, you know, totally deep background type of briefing, and that that frees up the Pentagon folks, you know, to talk a little bit more freely. And somebody said, so about Fergosian, and the person said he still said <laughs> that's where I got that from. <laughs> if you have a sense of humor once in a while. <laughs> so uh, Pergosian's still dead, but Sir Sir yeah. Sir Coven may be alive. I love the phrase though. Previously to that, he had disappeared from public view, which is a phrase that you hear that in Russia sometimes. Disappeared from public view. Just, yeah. just, just went away. But he's apparently back. <laughs> All right, uh, Tom, I appreciate it. Got to move on. Got some other things I got to get into. Always good talking yep. to you. I will be on vacation next week. So okay. I won't talk to you next week. I Let me see. I'll be back. The week after, I should be. I'm gone for nine so that days. That would be like the uh, 20, uh, something like that. Nineteenth, something like okay. that. Okay, yep. have a good time. I, I'm gone for a week, I believe. A, a Tuesday. I'm gone for more than a week, but a Tuesday. So, I will not talk to you next week. Okay. See All right, sir. Thanks a lot. I'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Tom Scateri from our uh, Pentagon Bureau. You know, checking in this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It's 8:34, 26 till the hour. We have a Democrat in the race for governor in West Virginia. I say that almost with shock. A Democrat is in the race for the governor of West Virginia. Uh, Brad McLean talks about that and also the latest West Virginia poll. It's coming up on the Watchdog Morning Show. Good Tuesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this September the 5th. Impacted families are still trying to recover sentimental items, furniture, vehicles, and pieces of their homes a week after historic flooding tore through communities across Kanawha County. Water and mud covered people's yards as well as the inside of their homes. Families are now finding mold and mildew growing inside their homes as a result of both the heat and the water. While some of them have their fans on blast, it's not enough to stop this issue, which is leaving many families concerned for their health. Residents dealing with mold and flood damage say they don't know what's next. And starting this week, parts of the New River Gorge National Park will be closed as park officials make improvements. The Kmore Miners Trail has an 821-step staircase, which hasn't been repaired since being built in 1994. So that portion will be closed for repairs. That work starts today and should be finished at the end of the month. The goal is to get these popular autumn sites ready for peak season. And some traffic updates for you this morning. Starting today, a portion of Stone Church Road here in Wheeling will be restricted to one lane starting at 8 a.m. through 3.30 p.m. for a gas line repair. If you're driving through the area, remember to slow down and expect delays. And if you park your car along this road, you'll need to move it while workers are paving the area. Traffic will also be maintained by flaggers. And another traffic update for you this morning, beginning today out of Brook County. County routes will be restricted to one lane starting at 7.30 a.m. through 5 p.m. These lane restrictions will be in place this Friday. Commuters in the area should slow down and expect some delays. Again, traffic in each area will be maintained by flaggers. For more information, you can always head on over to our website at WTRF.com. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Tuesday, everyone. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. Get ready for fall with hot deals at Menards. Say big on hardwood firewood bundles. $3.99 each after 11% off. Fire up the grill. Royal Oak Hickory Charcoal is just $6.99 after rebate. Tackle fall projects with performance work gloves. $2.99 a pair after 11% off. And a 17-pound bag of fall lawn food with weed control is $14.99 after rebate. Good through September 10. Savings are mailing rebates. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. 
The world's leading manufacturer of metal closures has a key plant right here in our Ohio Valley. Technocap creates closures for food and beverages for health and beauty products with a commitment to safety, reliability, and sustainability. One of the largest solar panels in the state of West Virginia is installed over the roof of their Glendale facility. Technocap has been in Glendale for over 15 years and has a strong commitment to the Ohio Valley community. Technocap. Proud to be a supporter of OVAC athletics, including the John Marshall Monarchs and Wheeling Central's Maroon Knights. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's healthcare demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care, close to home. Developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, featuring the highest level of orthopedic surgery, improving healing, rehab time, and outcomes. Offering innovative heart care through our WVU Heart and Vascular Institute. Establishing outstanding urology services with a highly experienced urologist and staff. Providing comprehensive, world-class women's health services. And equipping the WVU Cancer Institute at Wheeling Hospital with cutting-edge science for the highest standard of care. We embody the Mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care at the right place at the right time. Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Time to pack the lunchbox, check the backpack, get the kids back to school. And we're right there with you on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Oh, it is 840, 22 the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. We are looking at 68 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 67 at the Highlands, 66 in my backyard in Elm Grove, and 67 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. It's going to be a pit dripper today, sunny, hot, high humidity. We're going to look around 90 or so, so you definitely want to be... Uh, planning for that high heat. You want to be planning for staying indoors if you can. If you have to be out, think about how you're going to stay cool. Hydrate yourself properly. That does not mean drink beer, although I wish I was drinking beer because that sounds like a fun thing to do. Uh, or a margarita, just because Jimmy Buffett died. Maybe the margarita is not the best thing to do. Uh, but think about hydrating yourself. And I know, I know it sounds like a, you know, one of those guys on the radio, but don't forget your pets. Don't forget the dogs and cats that are out outdoors. What are you, know? you, Bob Barker? You want them spayed and neutered? No, or? I don't want them spayed and neutered. I want to make sure that, you, that they have water. Ah. And that they're, you know, the they reality is that it's, um, you know. And, you know, I really felt this. I know we talk about this all the time, how hot it gets inside a car. Uh, yesterday, we stopped and got gas. And when the car was off, Immediately, I, I'm in a sweat box. I mean, it's it's. We've talked about this before, and we I've given you numbers before how hot it gets, how quickly in a car. But days like yesterday and the weekend, and days like today, you know, you think about parents who leave their kids in the car, leave your dogs in the car. It, it's just, it's a sweat box. 
and a couple eye openers for me. Last week, I had to get up on the roof, and uh, I touched the roof, and uh, I still have a mark on my palm where I, it burnt me. It burned you. It, it, it burnt me. Yeah. And uh, yesterday, Howard, again, I, I'm, I'm behind. I, I forced myself to go out there and do it, try to do it at an easy pace. But four or five times, I just had to listen to that voice in my head stop completely and go sit in the shade or, or lay down in the shade <laughs> and just try to get my bearings again because I was played out. I was, I was played out and that voice was telling me, look, you're, you're on the brink here. You know, you, you, you better stop and, 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 tr- and try to cool off a little bit. And we all, everybody needs to be aware of that. However, and I hope you don't take offense to this, sir, but the truth of the matter is you, like me, are getting a little bit older and it's, we can't handle that the way we used to once upon a time. Anyway, it's going to be a real pit tripper for day today. We're going to hit a high around 90, very high humidity. If we get much into the 90s with the humidity, we will likely have feels like temperatures perhaps up to 100 or so. I mentioned over the weekend, I posted, in fact, a picture of it from my backyard weather station. It was 94 or something like that uh, with a feels like temperature over the weekend at 100.2. So hot and humid today. Get out there and crack a sweat, Howard. Excuse me? Let me ask you a question, sir. Yes. All these years you've known me. Yes. When was the last time I cracked a sweat? I don't think I've ever. Walking in New York City, I think, Howard. Yeah, there was. Yeah, well, that was the one time I told you, go on, save yourself, leave me I behind. I thought for sure Howard was going to die. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was pretty sure I was, too, at that point. All right, let's bring into the program from Metro News, the State House correspondent, uh, statewide correspondent, Brad McElhinney. Brad, good morning, sir. Oh, hey, good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. You know, uh, the little secret of how I do things. On Friday, I thought, look, I don't know what I'm going to do on Tuesday, but I'll bet you there's something Brad and I can talk about. So I asked Brad if he would come on and and talk to me. We have the West Virginia poll that came out Friday. We'll get to that in a second. But I knew something would likely happen. And son of a gun, something did happen statewide yesterday down in Racine. No, it wasn't the rant at Racine. Wasn't the rant at Racine, but down at the Labor Day event at Racine, we now have a Democrat in the race for governor. We do, and it is Steve Williams, the mayor of Huntington. So folks in your neck of the woods might not be totally familiar. But, you know, Williams' approach has been interesting. It's been sort of three yards in a cloud of dust. And <laughs> he, he hinted months ago that he and Ben Salango, the Kanawha County Commissioner, and the prior Democratic candidate for governor were kind of talking out among themselves that they don't want to have an expensive combative primary when they've got, you know, a a difficult Republican to beat potentially in the general election. So then Salango said, I'm not running. And Williams last month said, I probably am. I'll let you know. And then at Racine yesterday, Williams said, I definitely probably am. (laughs) And I, I will register to do so in October. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he, this was a, he, he, up until yesterday, he could probably walk it back fairly easily because it just, it's sort of been, I'm thinking about it. I, I think his statement yesterday was kind of, a, he didn't say, I mean, it wasn't, I filed cause he can't file, but it basically it was, I'm in. I mean, if he, if he doesn't follow through, that's, that's not going to look good for him. I guess maybe he doesn't care, but I mean, it's not going to look for him. This, this was a. You're right. It was a. It was sort of a more firm, maybe. I guess. Yeah, it sounds like he's in. I mean, he's got a challenge uh, because of the position the Democrats are in in the state right now. That's certainly an uphill battle. 
But, you know, he has been someone who can point to his record of uh, his experience governing one of West Virginia's largest towns, uh, the, the battle against the opioid crisis, uh, taking it to the companies in court. So there are things that Williams can point to, and who knows, depending on who the Republican is. He... Um he doesn't carry the baggage of any of the big name Democrats. I mean, he has people in the party know him and across the state and parts of the state. We've heard about Steve Williams, but he doesn't carry the baggage that maybe someone else would carry, which is a good thing. Um, he's a Democrat. He's not going to deny that, but he doesn't carry the baggage that, uh, that some Democrats could carry. Uh, for, for my listeners, don't even start to text me about how we're a, West, we're a red state. I, I get it. It's going to be hard for any Democrat in this state, even Joe Manchin, to uh, you know, to succeed. So I get it. I'm not arguing that it's going to be difficult, but I'm not sure that if anybody is could take a strong stab at it, William strikes me as one who could. I think so. You know, the one the one thing I I really wonder about is I I don't think he's necessarily independently wealthy, and if you're the mayor of Huntington. How do you familiarize people in Martinsburg, Charlestown, Wheeling, Morgantown, Elkins with, with what you're all about and who you are? Yeah. And what resources right now do Democrats in West Virginia have to carry that message to, to familiarize the voters with a candidate? And to what extent will uh, outside Democratic support groups, um, in particular the DCCC and some others, uh, yeah, well, the, Demo yeah, the, the, the Democratic Party, DAGA, the Governor's Association, how much will they be willing to believe he's got a shot? And I don't know, maybe he has to show that himself first before they start putting money into it. Um, because I would have to think to a large extent Democrats, the National Democrats, right off West Virginia. Um, but again, I... I Depending on who the candidate is, and we should talk about the Washington poll here in a second and who it looks like the Republican candidate is likely to be, um, and the Republicans are going to have a, a, a battle on their hands. They do have a multi-candidate primary. I, I, I feel like Williams has the potential to find an, a, a way. Uh, it's going to be a hard way, but I think that's the potential. But you may have hit the biggest nail on the head. Where's the money going to come from? Attorney General Patrick Morrissey, three-term statewide elected office, is apparently already salivating over uh, the Williams candidacy. He, he, Morrissey is glad to have somebody to, to throw punches at. So yesterday, Morrissey tweeted, West Virginia will have quite a contrast between my record of protecting jobs, fighting federal overreach, taking on the drug epidemic, and upholding West Virginia values, and Williams's record as mayor. Our state, Morrissey said, needs a governor ready for the major challenges facing us. So A.G. Morrissey has already slotted himself into the Republican victory and is looking ahead to facing Mayor Williams in the governor's race. But Morrissey, according to the West Virginia poll that came out on Friday, and we haven't had a chance to talk about that, uh, is not necessarily a frontrunner. That is what the poll tells you. Uh, Morrissey himself came out. His campaign came out with quotes from him to describe it as a fake news poll. I found that hilarious. <laughs> his argument. So, you know, I mean, his, one of my reactions was, if you believe you're the front runner, why resort to name calling? Right. Why not just make an argument or act confident? Yeah. Why not just go about your business and get elected? 
Yeah, right. Bring the the receipts like Deion Sanders would do. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But um, so, but Morrissey, I mean, he's he he he's and he does a pretty good job of trying to position himself as the front runner. And let me be clear, he is among the front runners. But he's he's not a guaranteed nominee. Let's take for a second to look at the West Virginia poll uh, on the governor's race. How did that turn out? The poll was released on Friday. You and I haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. In fact. I haven't had a chance to talk about it on the show at all because it came out after we were done on Friday. Um, how does that? Uh, how does how does the governor's race stack up in the West Virginia poll? That one showed more Capito, the House Judiciary Chairman, and notably the son of Senator Shelley Moore Capito, grandson of former Governor Arch Moore. So, thirty-two percent favor Moore Capito. The next largest group, twenty-three percent. Sorry. 29% are undecided. So a big group of West Virginians still to grab. And it's early. That's fair. Yep. Um, the next highest, 23%, favor Morrissey. So, all right, keeping tabs on your whiteboard. 32% for more Capito. 29% undecided. 23% for Morrissey. And then a, a couple of the other candidates with with. Fairly small numbers. Uh, 9% favoring Chris Miller, who is an auto dealer in the Huntington area, a businessman, uh, does things like rough and rowdy brawl and talks at CPAC. He's the son of Congressman Congresswoman Carol Miller. And then the Secretary of State, Mac Warner, two-term Secretary of State, is at 7% in this Metro News poll. The Metro News poll does have a, a plus or minus level of confidence of 6%. So, you know, you, you, you could either add or subtract 6% to what Capito has, add or subtract 6% to what, six points to what um, Morrissey has. So that could bring it a little closer, but uh, nevertheless, Morrissey not appearing the front runner in this, in this poll. I, I've talked around the state to uh, Republicans, uh, mainly pre- Republicans in this case, uh, and observers of the race who seem to feel that more Capito is coalescing support, that he is he is firming up his front runner status. Now, there's plenty of time for things to change between now and Election Day. I don't want anybody to think that's I don't understand that. But what I've been hearing is that there seems to be a, a coalescing of support uh, for more Capito. Well, a few things. I, I was surprised to see that kind of margin because I, I feel like he himself is not necessarily well-known around West Virginia. House Judiciary Chairman is an important position, but it's not one that necessarily gets household name recognition. But that the last name, Capito, and his first name that comes from the last name, Archmore, yep. uh, that, that is a family people recognize, and it's got a, a political tradition, certainly, all around the state. The, the, the last thing I would point to is that Moore Capito's current political apparatus is closely entwined with governor justices. A lot of the same support, a lot of the same financial donors. And so those, you, you know, so in auto racing, when, when race cars who are on the same team can draft, you know, one behind the other. Right, right. Uh, that, that appears to be what Justice and Moore Capito are doing right now. Moore Capito was up here for the uh, State of the City speech the governor, or that uh, Mayor Elliott gave uh, a month or so ago. 
and I spoke with him very briefly, but, but I, several people that I talked to after that speech and who met Moore Capito said he looks like a governor. He feels like a governor. I know that's a, you know, maybe not the best way to elect someone, but compared to Morrissey, who I'm not talking about policy issues here, I'm just talking about sort of, a, I don't know if it's even appearance, it's just image. Uh, more capital kind of looks like a governor. Morrissey, not so much. Um, at least that was the comment that I had from several people who met more capital. More capital is tall, slender. He's well-spoken. Uh, he's knowledgeable. He's a lawyer. Yeah. And he's a former high school athlete. He was a good basketball player at George Washington High School. So he still carries himself like an athlete. One thing that I also wondered about was the effects of geography. Uh, Moore Capito is Kanawha Valley-based. Uh, Morrissey is an eastern panhandle guy, largely, Charlestown. Mac Warner's roots are somewhat in the Kanawha Valley, but more in Morgantown. And then Chris Miller is sort of a Huntington guy. So I, given that, and given the statewide name recognition of three elections, I would have given more see the advantage um the eastern panhandle is growing and he, he just has the advantage of name recognition but that doesn't appear to be the case in the poll results and capito appears to have the momentum i um my audience gets tired of me saying this because i've said it every time i talk about the governor's race Mac Warner has continually surprised me, and not in a good way. I truly expected Mac Warner to be among the leading contenders when he first announced his run. Uh, and in this poll, he's last, I believe, right? He's last under under Chris Miller. Um, I, I just he has underperformed what I expected him to do. Uh, Mac Warner, I'm talking about. Yeah, seven percent in this poll, and it was similar in the earlier Chamber of Commerce poll. In fact, if you put the two polls side by side, they, they largely corroborate one another. Warner talks about his his experience in business, but also Moore talks about his experience in the military. He was uh, he's a West Point graduate, right. served in the uh, the JAG Corps in the Army. Uh, a, a pretty impressive military history for Warner, but it's not catching on. And, and what I have wondered is. You know, you talk about political lanes, and Morrissey goes pretty far right and emphasizes his conservative record. So does Warner, and so does Chris Miller. Uh, Capito does, but in a different way. He describes it as sort of a more practical kind of conservatism. And and I have begun to wonder politically if more Capito, especially since J.B. McCuskey got out, yeah. sort of has a lean to himself. And if the other three guys are kind of clogging the right wing lane. You know, this is an opinion, uh, wholly my own, has nothing to do with Brad McElhenney. Mac Warner, I think, has gone a bit off the rails on his election denial stuff, too. Uh, I don't know how well that plays or doesn't play. It's certainly, I think, less I think less of him than I did earlier uh, because of some of the election denial stuff that he's done, including the the speech he made in, I think it was Las Vegas a couple of weeks ago, and there was a CIA. It was I mean, it was just, it was just, I think he's gone off the rails on that kind of stuff. Which brings me back to Steve Williams now. You have really all of the candidates who are running on the GOP side of things stressing their conservative right-wing credentials. Some, maybe more than others, I would concur with you that more capito is not pushing that radicalism, if that's the word to use, as much as the others are. 
But if Steve Williams is able to find uh, enough people in this state who just are kind of tired, not that they're tired of being Republicans or Republican policy, but they're kind of tired of that far-right radical approach, again, maybe Williams finds a way to thread the needle. I, I don't know that, but I'm just saying you're going to find the, whoever the Republican nominee is likely to be pretty far to the right. If Williams finds a more moderate approach, are there moderates in this state who would care enough about that? I don't know. Maybe. I also have wondered, I, I wonder where on the political spectrum West Virginia is right now. Uh, Alex Mooney's victory over David McKinley for that combined swath of northern West Virginia for Congress really made me reassess where West Virginia is on the on the scale of moderate to right wing. Except that's kind of in, in the rearview mirror now. Let's look briefly. We've got a couple of minutes left here. Let's look at the U.S. Senate race. Uh, you got Mooney and Justice, essentially. And Justice is just whomping Mooney in that, in that poll. Yeah, you know, and I also think that I'm operating on the theory that West Virginians look for a different set of attributes for their chief executive, for for whoever commands the governor's office, mm -hmm. um, you know, to, to, to be empathetic the way, I mean, we, we can talk about Jim Justice's pluses and minuses, but, but he really has a level of empathy that is a nice fit for that role. And so I, I think that West Virginians may be looking for that kind of, of breadth with their chief executive, maybe more than other elected office holders. Yeah. Uh, in the in the poll, though, Justice uh, was handily beating Mooney. I don't remember the numbers, but significantly beating Mooney on the Republican side of things. And also that Washington poll took a look at if it was Justice versus Manchin come next fall, uh, Justice would win that one as well, according to the poll, right? He looks to be in great shape on the polling. You never know. I mean, so Mooney in the primary is backed by millions of dollars from Club for Growth. And they could come in and just begin slamming justice, hitting him on the negatives. And then if Manchin decides to run, potentially Manchin and the National Democrats could follow up with just another slamming of justice which could, again, get his negatives down. It, it could become a much tighter race, but right now it appears where we stand one day after Labor Day that, that it's, you know, Jim Justice is to coast in. All right, Brad, appreciate your time this morning. As always, you'll be on with Dave Wilson today. I guess Hoppy is back. Some, I think Hoppy comes back the day I go on vacation, so uh, he'll be back, but oh, I'll, I'll be gone for in the garden. I'm going to be gone for a couple of weeks taking a, taking a trip. on. I'm going to get my kicks on Route 66 for a while. So uh, I probably That's won't great. talk to you for a couple of weeks, uh, but uh, we'll be listening for you on Statewide Talk Line. Got to go. Talk to you later. Enjoy. Thanks. Brad McElhinney here on the Watchdog Morning Show, 9 o'clock. Moundsville. ABC News. I'm Derek Dennis. Police in Pennsylvania updating their search for an escaped killer, Danilo Cavalcante, on the run for nearly a week after breaking out of a prison near Philadelphia. The 